Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I am your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Drivers Podcast. Been wrestling over one podcast at a time. Yes, sir. Happy really New Year. A, happy New Year's. We really need to get a get a soundboard to get some claps going whenever we do that. I feel like there should be applause yeah, in that Right? We need something. Um, yeah, we definitely need something. We got a lot to talk about today, man. We haven't talked about, like, what's going on in the wrestling world in, what has it been, like, two, two, three weeks? Two, three weeks? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a nice little stretch, man. We had to take that New Year's break, get some... Get recuperated, get get our sanity back, and mm. and then dive right back in for the new year. Yeah, man. But with all that to talk about, um, where we're we're sticking to just three today. We're sticking mm-hmm. to just three companies, um, because there's a lot to talk about with damn near everybody. Um, so we're trying to keep it minimal and get to everything as it comes, uh, and we'll have two pods out this week because there's so much to talk about. Um, but as always, man, we got to start with the wrestler of the pod. Who we got today? Yes, that we do. Uh, so this, for our first wrestler of the pod of the new year, we're going to kick it off on a company that, you know, was one of our first wrestler of the pod's promotions. Uh, we got somebody who is a former NCW silver lining champ a former PWR tag champ, PWR heavyweight champ, and is the current NCW world champ, Dakota O'Ryan. Wrestling. Oh, well, yeah. say it one more time. One more time. Who is it? Dakota O'Ryan. Dakota O'Ryan. Yes, he is the current Nickel City Wrestling world champ. Uh, he is a technical savage in a way you know he's a great technical wrestler he's got a little bit of you know an odd look to him but that kind of just fits with his style very well because he's got a unique style in the ring and the dude does a great gts as his finisher nice you know you know we're a sucker for the gts man um but definitely a great talent to check out if you haven't checked him out you should definitely go check him out and nickel city wrestling as well Absolutely. Shout out to Nickel City Wrestling. Yeah, definitely. So if you haven't checked them out, definitely check them out because it'll be well worth it. Um, but since the wrestler of the pod is out of the way, we got a couple promotions we got to hit. Stevie Jobber, what promotion do you want to hit first? Man, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about Hard to Kill. I feel like it's a it sets the tone for everything else we're going to have to talk about down the line because there are serious uh, implications going on um, that could possibly be on the horizon for wrestling in the future. But I'm developing a theory that this all kind of starts with impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so last night as we're recording, this was impacts hard to kill. Uh, which had, I think, at least two major events. Uh, three, actually. I had three major events happening that we need to pay attention to. I'm going to do a quick mm-hmm. rundown of the whole pay-per-view. I didn't see everything, but 
Um, I have some basic rundowns, who won, what matches were on the main card. Um, and we'll just stop and talk about the really big things, I think. Okay. Um, so first off, the first match they started it with was the first ever women's Ultimate X match. Mm-hmm. Very big, very big for them. Now, Impact, um, this is really big because Impact has always pushed women's wrestling. Uh, women's professional wrestling, not wrestling like divas. They've been wrestling like wrestlers um, pretty much from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, just look at Gail Kim from the very beginning with America's Most Wanted. They've always had women's hardcore matches, ladder matches. I think they had two firsts um, this pay-per-view, three really. And it starts with the women's Ultimate X match. There was Tasha Steeles, who I've seen live, very good. Lady Frost, um, Alicia, Jordan Grace, and Rosemary from uh, Decay, and Chelsea Green. Mm-hmm. All great competitors. I haven't looked into Alicia and Lady Frost yet, but I'm familiar with the other ladies in the match. Um, and they did a great job. From what I heard, there was a spear from... Uh, one of the Ultimate X cables that looked amazing. A few dives, as always. Um, my shoe into win was Jordan Grace, but seeing that she's already the internet champion, I could see how she's also kind of out of the match. It's like picking a winner for a, a Money in the Bank, essentially. Yeah. Um, but the young lady I saw live, Tasha Steeles, actually ended up winning the match, uh, which is great for her. And when you think of the kind of people that win Ultimate X matches, Tasha Steeles is definitely one of them. Um, she's a little younger than um, the rest of the ladies that were on the card, but I think it was good for her to win, good for her size. Um, she's like very, very small, to say the least. Um, but she moves quick. Uh, she's very charismatic, uh, a definite fan favorite. So I'm happy that she won. Um, but the real the real point of the match is that it's the very first women's Ultimate X match. Yeah, um, absolutely. And they've been the first to have, you know, women main events. They've been the first to have women world champions, um, intergender matches that are televised. Um, so them having their first women's Ultimate X match, the there's a big margin for error and it was a little sloppy and messy around certain parts, but they did a fantastic job. And the fact that it happened is a statement in itself, right? Yeah. Um, after that was Trey Miguel versus Steve Macklin for the uh, X division title. Um, and after three back to back meteors, Trey Miguel retains, mm-hmm. um, which is great. He just recently won the X division title. I would like him to keep it for a while. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was Chris Sabin versus uh, the octopus Jonathan Grisham for the ROH title under ROH wrestling, pure wrestling rules. Um, you know, the whole 20 count rope break thing. Um, Chris Sabin uh, nearly won, actually, with a cradle shot, but Grisham's leg was under the rope by the time. So he got that mm-hmm. clean break. Uh, and was able to pull off the victory. I believe one of the ROH uh, announcers 
came in to announce this match as well, which is pretty cool. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, Grisham won, as I would assume we expect him to. Yeah. I, I expect him to go totally undefeated in ROH uh, defending until ROH opens back up. Yeah, he, he's going to go on a nice little run for sure. Yeah, but they had a good, he won clean, but they had a good reversal spot. They were going back and back uh, pin reversals until Grisham uh, eventually pulled it out. So Saban still looks uh, clean. I think they're trying to work Saban back into a main eventer space. Um, yeah, with, Alex Shelley, with Alex Shelley doing a lot of stuff now in MLW, which I didn't even realize, with him solely focusing on MLW, it looks like Saban's uh, pretty much a, a singles guy in Impact because yeah. Shelly can wrestle. Shelly's been wrestling uh, over the last three months. So it looks like they're just trying to push Saban um, like they were before in the X Division, but now more of a back as a main eventer because he, he's a former ROH champion. I'm not ROH champion. Um TNA Impact Champion. Mm-hmm. Um, after that was Jonah versus former uh, Impact Wrestling Champion Josh Alexander. Um, after being dominated pretty much the entire match, Alexander found some leeway after Jonah missed a moonsault. Um, hit him with a rolling elbow, hit him with a German suplex, stomped his face and chest in, and then won with the ankle lock. Um, So Alexander pulls off the victory over a debuting Jonah, but not bad for Jonah. I think this works out for both of them. It proves that Alexander is still championship quality, um, but still shows that Jonah is pretty much a monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, And an athletic one, because he really only had Jonah not went up for that moonsault. Uh, Alexander sure. probably would have been done for. I say, you, you know, the big man always got to try. Mm, got to go for it when you're big like that and you can move like that. Um, next was the hardcore war. It was the Good Brothers uh, teaming up with Violent by Design to go up against Heath and Rhino, who were just uh, hacked out of Violent by Design. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Edwards, Willie Mack, and Rich Swan. Um, the story of this match is not that Eddie Edwards, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Heath and Rhino uh, defeated the Good Brothers and Violet by Design. The story here is that after the match, um, notable names, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, Maria Canellis, Vincent, and PCO invaded after and wiped them out completely. Mm-hmm. ROH has officially invaded Impact Wrestling. This is not a coincidence. That's going to become my catchphrase for 2022. This, this is not, is a, not coincidence. a coincidence. Um, and you'll see what I mean later in the week, guys. Um, but yeah, uh, very good. Impact is making uh, room for ROH and New Japan and AEW and apparently someone else later. Um mm-hmm. This could be very fruitful for Impact. It could be the promised land. Uh, the yeah. place to sign could end up being Impact by the end of this, but we'll come back to that. 
because next was the Impact Championship Wrestling uh, title match between Moose, W. Morrissey, and Matt Cardona. The always ready Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. Um, who I might have thought was a shoo-in to win if this was a one-on-one, but it's not. Uh, and because it's not, after a few false finishes, some refs getting knocked out, um, a spot where there was a prosthetic leg, um, and Cordana nailing both W. Morrissey and Moose with uh, the radio silence, uh, formerly known as uh, uh, the writer, the writer driver, I feel like it was called, uh, the hype writer. Yeah, the hype writer. Um after nailing a few people with radio silence and getting some very close finishes, uh, Moose ended up spearing Cardona for the win after both of them almost hit Chelsea Green with a chair. Hmm. Um, so Moose retains, as he should. I feel like the Moose we have now is a peak Moose, especially for what might be coming in the future. Um, so Moose, Moose wins by spear to retain. Um, perfect decision. I do feel like eventually Matt Cardona is going to become Impact World Champion. Yeah, I could I could definitely agree with that. I, I think it'll. I think it's only a matter of time before that happens. He's he's not there yet, but the role that he's traveling down would lead you to believe there's a huge payoff at the end of this. Yeah, and Moose isn't doing terrible right now. Moose is doing his Moose things, like I always say. Yeah, and, not, not at all. He's doing very good. And I and I wouldn't take it off of him just yet. No. I, I'd, get, I'd keep it on him. Maybe we're just starting 2022, but maybe most of this year, I want to say like nine months maybe, mm-hmm. if he keeps yeah. getting better the way things are going. I could see a nine-month run. You know? Definitely possible. Um, after that was the actual main event, the Texas death match between Mickey James and Deanna Perrazzo. The women have started and are ending the show. This is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and after, uh, this is so for, because I didn't know, I'm going to tell you guys. Um, I thought a Texas death match was, you know, one of those things where uh, it's like any death match. It's just a death match or any other street fight where it's just a street fight or some Texas bell rule kind of thing. Um, the Texas death match is actually a great design for um, a created match that I think we should probably have more often. Uh, it's It's almost like... Uh, it's almost like they mixed Last Man Standing with uh, an Iron Man match hmm. and gave it extreme rules. Yeah, that just yeah that that sounds like something you should make in a video game, right? That sounds yeah, like a great created match. So what happens here is this: um, in Texas Death Match rules. Mm-hmm. There are pins and submissions. After every pinfall or submission, you have 10 minutes. I'm not 10 minutes. You have 10 seconds or to the count of 10 to return to your feet or the match is over. 
Oh shit. Yeah. So yeah. this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna have to buy this pay-per-view um or find a way to watch it uh uh legally. Um, so I can see this because I want to see how this match is done because is it I assume you would win if they can't meet the count of 10. But what if the other person has more pinfalls than you? Does the fact that they can't stand outnumber that? Like how exactly, you know, where is the finish per se? Or does it just finish because they can't return to their feet and pinfalls and submissions don't actually matter, right? Like they have to, how do we How do we judge it? But it seems like an amazing concept if you can get past that barrier. Yeah. Because if I'm five up and then I don't make it to my feet, is it over or do I still win? Because I had yeah. five up on you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that, that's something you'd have to look into. I would, I would have to look into that. Um, but it does sound like an amazing concept for a match. Anyway, um, Mickey James ends up winning um, after guitars are used, tables are used, thumbtacks are used. Um, she hit Deanna with the Mick kick and the Mick DT uh, and piled a bunch of things on her and won. She couldn't mm-hmm. reach her feet. Mickey James retains and is still the Impact Women's Champion. Uh, which we will return to later. But her winning this was not a coincidence. No, not not in the slightest. All right, so where are we going with this? Are we going to Raw or AEW? Um, let's jump to AEW real quick. Um, because I got a, I got a few small notes for AEW. Um. I'm not going to talk about the whole show that they had just recently as their first uh, TBS episode. But one thing I did want to touch on in particular, uh, the Adam Page versus Daniel Bryan 2 title match. Mm-hmm. That match was fucking amazing. If Like, excuse my French, but that match was awesome. Yeah. They kicked, they kicked off the year the right way with that match. Um, there was a lot of back and forth. Uh, you know, some great spots in between. Both ended up getting some color, getting busted open. And it ended with, like, the most, I want to say it's the best buckshot I've seen Adam Page ever administer. Because mm-hmm. he managed to not only flip Daniel Bryan when he did the, or Bryan Danielson when he did the buckshot, but he flipped him and like literally flipped him inside out. Like it just wasn't one of those back flips. Mm-hmm. It was like a backflip corkscrew, mm. which which kudos to Brian because I didn't know Brian could still do that. Yeah, don't underestimate the dragon, man. I mean, I mean, I'm not. It's just you know, given his history with injuries and whatnot, and he hasn't been wrestling quite as much as before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know that little bit of force from Adam helped him out, but. I didn't expect him to like do the whole complete corkscrew and everything. Um, but it does kind of make me wonder their first match was considered a draw. Mm-hmm. Their second match was a clean win by page. This feels like you almost have to set up a trilogy, maybe even more than a trilogy. 
in the um, sense of all right, our first match was a draw. The second match, I got the win. It almost feels like some, like this was. I feel like they were trying to set up a trilogy, but they set it up the wrong way. Mm. So, what do you think? You think this match goes? You think this feud continues on, or you think it's it's done where it's at? Um, I think after this, you have to do a third one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's lightning in a bottle, and you you got to do it again. It's like uh, seeing Kurt and Benoit for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like after you see it, it's like, oh, man, they got to do that again. Yeah. We could just leave this here, sure, but that was, we got to do that again. Yeah, that, that, this, there has to be there has to be some type of, con- <coughs> excuse me, uh, some type of continuance somewhere. Um, but the match was amazing. Uh, I'll say what I said when, it, when I first saw it. I said, um, amazing match. Uh, and I love it as long as Daniel does not have a concussion. Um, yeah. I think that is the big worry here. I love Daniel doing big matches and being very physical. Um, it's awesome. Chops are awesome. Kicks are awesome. Um, but I you also just, know I, you have. Yeah, I just get cringy about the headbutt spots yeah i'm I'm the same way it's the headbutt spots and the flip spots for me yeah and That's the suicide my... dives i've seen too many bad suicide dives mm-hmm. uh, i mean especially from from brian especially from brian right so um a little less headbutts if we do it a third time but very impressive very impressive very physical um, and I'll have this comment too. You said you said you might have seen the best buckshot um, from Hangman Adam Page. Can I tell you I didn't dig the buckshot until maybe a month ago. Well, just like the finisher, the finisher itself. I yeah, I just wasn't a fan of it. Like I didn't understand it. But I, I yeah, the, thought, the front flip clothesline. Right, like it seems like a mindless setup. Like. But I, I, mean, I started to think about it in terms of um, if I'm seeing it and I'm and I have no wrestling knowledge prior, mm-hmm. um, just trying to make sense of it from an outside mind, and yeah. it kind of it it made me smile because I thought of two people. I thought of um, Brian Pillman and I thought of uh, JBL. Yeah, Brian that, Pillman. Brian Pillman used to do a clothesline, um, jumping from the outside of the ring, springboarding, and then nailing the clothesline. JBL, who's the best, the best cowboy to ever do a clothesline, um, did the clothesline from hell. Yeah. So essentially, it's a combination of both, where him jumping over the rope kind of brings his arms far further back than he ever could have them yeah to kind of launch himself forward into that clothesline so Mm -hmm. it looks like it's back than the clothesline from hell even yeah it it looks more impactful and it adds more of a flair than the clothesline from hell and then i was like okay all right i can dig the buckshot now because now the flip makes sense because you can't bring your yeah. arm back that far without, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, when, once you start to add them all together, it kind of like makes sense and you, you kind of respect it a little bit more. Yeah, but they should definitely do it a third time. They should definitely do it a third yeah. time. It was an amazing I, I, f- I feel like they're setting it up for another one because you used, you used uh, what was it, Kurt and Benoit? Mm-hmm. After, yeah, after we seen that the first time, we were like, yeah, no, do this again. Mania, mania, bring it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was a great match. Um, one thing that I do want to discuss, we, uh, I, I want to say maybe a couple months back, we talked about the TBS championship tournament. And we addressed, we addressed what the finals could look like. And we predicted Jade Cargill versus Ruby Soho. We both correctly predicted that finals matchup. And then we both picked a winner. After listening back, we both successfully predicted the winner. And is it just that easy, bro? I, I just want to know, like, is it just that easy? Is it as easy for you as it is for me? I got to showboat just a, yeah, just, man. just a little bit. Yeah, but we've been doing this too long. We've been we've been doing this too long. We've been doing this off microphones too long. Yeah, we're great at booking. I mean, not not. I mean, we don't always toot our own horn, but you know, we got to toot it just a little bit sometimes. And this is one of those times. They, I, I can, I can say we did fairly well on this. Not too bad. I mean, um, we called it weeks before they even set the thing. Yeah, we we definitely did. It just it just made sense booking wise. We just see where things are going. Um, and somebody should start to pay us for it. I'll do booking for anybody, man. I just I'm, I, I mean, just there's a certain there, there's a certain company that uh could use some talent, some uh creative. But you know, we'll we'll discuss that later in the week. Um, but since Jade Cargill has successfully became the first TBS champ, shout out to her. Who do you book as her first, uh, challenger for this TBS championship? Um, give me a second. Cause I'll be honest. I, me personally, I probably go Ruby Soho again. That was my first thought initially. Just because I have the person in mind who I want to take it from Jade, and I'm not going to throw her in right away. I want Jade to get at least a couple defenses in. So I'll go Ruby Soho on the first go around. Yeah. Yeah. You think, you think Ruby as well? I think Ruby as well. Um, I think you don't want to give her anybody that seems like she might lose right away. Yeah. That first one has to be somebody that she can clearly beat that's believable but strong. Yeah, um, and, and Ruby kind of fits that bill to a T. Yeah, Ruby is not booked yet to where it's neck and neck with Jade Cargo. Yeah. Um, so she could still be Ruby and it wouldn't hurt Ruby. Um, mm-hmm. 
because somebody like Thunder Rosa too soon, especially the way she ended up winning that match. Um, Ty Conti too soon. Um, that's something you build for, and that one's gonna be a toss up. Um, I was gonna say Ty Conti is the person that I would have booked later down the line to have uh, take it from Jade. Yeah, and I was thinking Nyla Rose, but I think you need to put some momentum behind Nyla Rose before you throw her into that situation, even yeah, if she's definitely. gonna lose. You know, remind people she's a monster first. That's how booking works. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think I agree. Ruby Soho would be a would be a good one to run it for like a month or two. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I'm excited to see what they do with Jade in this run, man, because she she's definitely a great first champion to have representing uh, TBS. Absolutely. Absolutely, great look, great physique. Um, I think she's we, storm. I think we. Yeah, we, we coined it a, uh, back when we predicted this. Quite the physical specimen. Quite the physical specimen. Yeah, so definitely a good first person to have. Um, one thing I don't understand that they did. Um, Cody had to step away for a little bit because of testing positive for COVID. And one of the things that they did it, within his absence was the interim... TNT championship. What's the point of having the interim title if you already have a champion who's only going to be out for two weeks max? I feel like this is kind of like a UFC route. You guys could have just made it a number one contenders match. I mean, unless you have some type of insight on what this could mean. Is it just coincidence or is it not a coincidence? Um, I think it means Cody is not going to be out for two weeks. I think he's going to be out longer because why would you have a second champion if he wasn't? I think it's going to be longer. I think the belt is going to go back on to Sammy Guevara. Um, I think they're going to wait until people really like Sammy Guevara. And then I think Cody's going to come back. Um, Cody is in the middle of a very delicate character shift. I won't say character change. He's still going to be Cody, but... yeah. It's a very delicate shift. Wait, no more star. We're not going to get Stardust. Um, no, that's that's a cosmic shift. We're not on that level. <laughs> okay. uh, literally a cosmic shift. Um, it's it's a delicate character shift because Cody is realizing that he's getting booed out of the building. He is becoming modern day John Cena, and he's yeah. trying to find a way to essentially do something that I've said John Cena has been doing for the past five years that people still haven't caught on to, uh, some mm -hmm. people, which is finding a way to be so good, you're an asshole. 
just that slight shift from being um, a pure good guy to being a dick. It's like it's like a yeah, transition yeah. from a good kid to realizing the good kid is Angelica from the mm-hmm. Rugrats. Yeah. It's that little bit of a, a tilt. And I've I've said this, I've said John has been doing this for like the past five years when people were breathing down John's neck to turn heel. I was I was secretly in the background, like, well, if you look at the pattern here, he's kind of already a heel. He's still pretending to be John Cena, but he's very much a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, at, very much so. You look at how quickly he's just, you know, robbing people of opportunity and, you know, just hitting very below the belt. He's he's kind of already a bad guy, pretending yeah. to still be a good guy. If you and, don't see that writing on the wall, man. Woo. And I think Cody realized he was getting booed out of the building week after week and started going to creative, trying to think of a way to not turn heel because he's publicly said he'll never turn heel which i feel like is a work of course um he's trying to find a way to say he's not a bad guy while being a bad guy and it's very delicate to do it's a hard thing to do because you you can never go full throttle but everything has to be hinting at something else i have a way we can fix that yeah. You ready? Send hook. <laughs> I had nice. to get it in there. I had to get it nice. in there. Nice. That's got to be a thing no. in 2022, too. We're going to be saying send hook a lot. No, but I mean, I agree. But I agree. I, mean, I agree with that theory, but go ahead. I, I was going to say, I agree with what you said. I, I, I feel like there's a shift coming, but I still don't think that you needed to make the interim title for it. I mean, if that was the case, you could have just took the title off. I mean, it's still weird when you take the titles off of people, but it's even weirder when you have the interim titles. Yeah. Unless you're going to, unless your end goal is to recreate the Shawn Michaels Razor, uh, Razor Ramon ladder match. That's exactly what I think he's trying to do. All right. Well, if that's the case and you're trying to recreate that ladder match, then. All right, I, I guess we're here. For, I, I guess we'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the end goal, then this was just pointless. Yeah, I think they're trying to create a moment. They're using COVID to put him out and then do Sammy Guevara's character push. Because remember, Sammy's still an asshole, too. He's yeah. an asshole that really cares about one of his friends, but he's still genuinely an asshole. So they've got to make well, now, a shift away from being an asshole into being like a, the lovable asshole. And then well, they can well, bring now, Cody back in as the very underhanded good guy. So now you have this dynamic where you're rooting for two people in a situation where you weren't supposed to be rooting for them. Like, Cody looks like the good guy, but you're booing him. This guy should be the bad guy, but we love him. And then you get a perfect kind of, you know, Razor and Sean moment. I was going to say, technically now, Sammy cares about more than just one friend. But we're not going to dive into that. 
<laughs> yeah, technically. He, he cares about one of his friends a little a little too much right now, but you know, we we, we not going. Kayfabe. No. Oh my god. I'm I'm sorry. That tell me that's not real. Oh yeah, you, you see that breaking news right there, don't you? Oh my god. All right, well, this will be a perfect time to pause it because as we're as we're recording this, um, breaking news, not nothing to do with wrestling, but the legend himself, oh Bob Saget, has oh passed away. Oh my god. What? I think that is the first time that we've taken a pause in the middle of a show because of an icon passing that is not involved in the wrestling world. You got to be fucking kidding me. What? R.I.P. Bob Saget. Oh, my God. Prayers for his family, his friends, his fans. That's a tough one. Wow. That's crazy. We're going to take the honorary pause right there for Bob Saget right there. Yeah, let me get a second. Wow. Oh, my God. That's crazy. All right. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's that's nuts. That's a wild one right there. Already, you're just started too. Damn. Uh, well, I guess that's the end of AEW. So we took that pause right in the middle of our transition into the next topics. So NXT just recently had another show, and I'm not gonna dig too. We have three things. We had three things to discuss. Mm-hmm. One of them is so long and so intensive, and it just takes a lot of stuff of breaking it down. That we decided we're gonna do a second pod this week, just strictly on that. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I, I can say what it's about, right? Okay. So the second pod that'll be released this week is on Regal, Samoa Joe. Road Dog and all the other releases that have transpired since the start of the new year. So the pod that'll come out later this week is just strictly on the releases. It is one of our rant episodes. Um, so with that being said, we'll jump into the next thing. I think they have officially done away with the Cruiserweight Championship because they had the unification match with Carmelo Hayes and Roderick Strong, which ended up with Carmelo Hayes coming out on top, but they're mm. not even acknowledging the cruiserweight title. Now they're just calling him the unified North American champion. And I think pretty soon they're just, just going to the drop North the American word. Champion. Yeah. They're, they're just going to drop the unified and just call him North American champ again. Maybe they'll give the North American title a slight upgrade or a slight change, but I think this was just a way for them to do away with the cruiserweight title and the cruiserweights as a whole. Mm. Um, I don't know anything. I don't know. But you want to know. I'm not behind the scenes. This new year, I'm handling everything unbiasedly, diplomatically, proper. I don't know. 
but my intuition would say this is not a coincidence. We're, we're gonna need we're gonna need a tally marker for how many times one of us says this is not a coincidence. Um, they have eliminated the cruiserweight title. They have eliminated the restriction of two hundred fives from two hundred five. Um, I see a pattern, but I don't know. Congratulations, Carmelo Hayes. Um. You're very talented. That is all I have to say on the matter. That's all you have to say? Nothing else? Congratulations, Carmelo. Um, I don't know anything, but it seems like we're building a pattern here. Feels like things are coming. And this is not a coincidence. This is not a coincidence. I feel feel like we're going to have a lot to say uh, in the next coming days. But, you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when the time comes. Yeah. Um, So the last thing I want to talk about NXT-wise was Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa. Um, So this basically went – now tell me if I'm addressing this correctly. This basically seemed like the final nail in the coffin of the black and gold brand. I I feel like that is the simplest way and the simplest words that I can address of how that match transpired. The final nail in the coffin of the black and gold. When Tommaso Ciampa leaves, the last stone will have fallen. Um, But it is clear what era we're in right now. Braun Breaker is very talented. I hear he celebrated with his father after the show. um, Or somebody he must be related to because he's not a Steiner. So it couldn't have been his dad. Um, It, It must have been a breaker. Yeah, it must have been a breaker. Um, so he celebrated with some old guy, uh, that nobody knows anymore because he's not a Steiner. Um, and, and, and from what I hear, there might've been a, uh, big bad booty uncle somewhere in there, but you know. Oh, that's awesome. I wonder who that could be. Yeah. Right. I wonder if he knows math. Um, Braun Breaker is very talented. Uh, congratulations to him. I don't know anything. I mean, it's not like we're knocking Braun Breaker because we're we're not. He's a Braun very Breaker. he's a very talented young man. He yeah, should he, be NXT uh, champion. Yeah, it's just um, the, it's just the way that it it's happening and the way that it's transpired. It's like. Uh, just say it again because I, I you you're saying you're saying it perfect right now. This is I mean this, this is not a coincidence. This is yeah. not a coincidence. He had I mean, a very interesting entrance. I won't dig into it because I don't know anything. But uh, this is not a coincidence. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure come Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whenever we decide to 
actually sit down and talk about what we want to talk about, we're going to have a lot to say. But um, yeah, until then, we don't know. But congrats, congrats to Braun Breaker, man. You got a bright future. You got a hell of a future ahead of you. Very good Tommaso. for him. Yeah. Tommaso, I'm sorry. That 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 that's all I got to say to him. I'm sorry. Because um, you could just see you could see the pain in his eyes. Uh, I really love you, did. Tommaso. Um, you know, I'm sure he will go back to his family. Um that he has to maintain a stable work condition for. And uh Hopefully he'll be around the next few weeks to continue to uh, uh, entertain the people. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so, I mean, uh, it's kind of a sad thing, in my opinion. So I'm just going to get off of that. And I'm going to jump over to something good. I mean, something I think that's pretty, pretty interesting. Mm. Um, we are in the multiverse of madness now, it feels like, when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. And what I mean by that is the Royal Rumble is coming up in a few weeks. And they've announced some people that are coming back. You know, they're bringing back Summer Ray. Nobody really cares about her, but, you know, huzzah, you got to bring some some former talents back. Sure. Uh, Kelly Kelly's coming back. You might not be too thrilled about that, but I'm not going to lie. Kelly Kelly's still kind of young. I don't mind Kelly Kelly coming back for the Rumble every now and then. I um, like Stacey Keebler more. Yeah, you know, so do I, but Kelly Kelly's still a lot younger. Um, Nikki Bella finally got cleared, so, I mean... She ain't the greatest in-ring worker, but kudos to you for getting cleared. I am I am a Nikki Bella fan. Um yeah. as far as wrestling goes. Yeah. Um she's a great TV character. And, and you quite know, the physical specimen. Quite the physical specimen. There we go. Quite exquisite. There you go. Yeah. Shout out to Feds, quite exquisite. Um great in-ring competitor. One thing I don't understand. Charlotte is also going to be in the Royal Rumble. Don't know why you're going to be in the Royal Rumble as the SmackDown Women's Champion, but you are on the poster, so we're just going to assume you're in the Rumble. And one person that was on the poster that you might not expect, who we just talked about earlier in the show, current Impact Women's Champion, Mickey James. We got hardcore country crossing the forbidden door crossing that line in the sand and coming back for the royal rumble this is not a coincidence i mean it's not it's fucking ridiculous and it's It's not it's not a coincidence that um they announced this friday right yes so um, this is why it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that the night before Hard to Kill, 
um, a very important, very inclusive, very statement-making pay-per-view by Impact, that they would make an announcement that Mickey James, the Impact Knockouts champion, will be entering the WWE Royal Rumble. It is not a coincidence that on that pay-per-view, Mickey James is the main event. It's not a coincidence that Mickey James retains the Impact Women's Championship. It is not a coincidence that WWE says she's the Impact Knockout Women's Champion on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Recognizing Impact. This is not a coincidence. I don't know where this could lead to because I don't know. But humor me for a second uh, in the possibility that Mickey James could win the Royal Rumble. What would that mean for Impact? If by some chance she could maintain being Impact Women's Champion until WrestleMania. Imagine what could happen if the Women's Champion won the Royal Rumble. I would assume the rules would reverse and Charlotte would be able to pick anybody she wanted. Humor me for a second, fantasy booking here. What if Charlotte chose Mickey James? Okay, I'm so glad you went that route. I am so glad you just went that route because I thought you were going to go the Becky Lynch way. No, no, not at all. I, no. I, no, I, I thought you were going to say Mickey if the Mickey side of Mickey won. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Um, if Mickey wins, I would assume she would go up against Charlotte. But I, I just, just off of, you know, yeah. Um, and I would assume, I would just humor me for a second. If Charlotte won, what if she chose Mickey James? Imagine the implications if Mickey James was able to hold on to the Impact Knockouts Championship up until set point. It could be cross-brand promotion, but I don't know. All I'm saying is this is not a coincidence. Who knows? No. I don't know. I don't know. It's not. And um, we still haven't revealed everyone in the women's rumble or the men's rumble yet either. Yeah, no. I, which I, think I feel like is also not a coincidence. Yeah, but they, they, then again, they never do. Like, they, they always show you at least, like, maybe 20, 22, 23 people in the poster. But then they leave, like, seven to the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, now for the women, I think they have maybe 19 or 20 people on that poster. Yeah, I think there's still, like, 10 of them that's not there. Yeah, which is probably going to be – the rest are probably going to be left to the element of surprise. Like, you know, Alexis coming back. She's not on the poster. Lacey's coming back. She's due back soon. She's not on the poster. Okay. Bailey, I don't know what I don't know what Bailey's time frame is, but she wasn't on the poster. But she's working out and doing rehab. So Charlotte, uh, not Charlotte. Um, who's I gonna say? Um, who's I gonna say? Who's I gonna say? I was gonna say somebody, but it wasn't Charlotte. Now I'm forgetting who I was gonna say. Um, Trish, possibly. Yeah, they didn't have Trish on the poster, but they had Lita, which was odd. Which was weird. They usually come as a two-package deal. Yeah. 
More times than not, they do. They're edging Christian at this point. Well, no, it well, can't not be edging currently. Christian no more. Not currently. One is clearly ascended over the other. Um, yeah. Oh, that would be a great cross brand. Let me not fantasy book right now. We're trying yeah, to no. Um, we can't fantasy book at the current moment. Um, but imagine the imagine what that could mean. Imagine if not all of these surprises are from WWE. And what if Mickey James is the first reveal of that? These things are not a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe you could get a maybe you could get a certain show that you know just got a new a, some a certain somebody from a certain show who just got on a new network. But um, well, it, it's possible. You never say never. Now, right? Yeah, I guess you can't now. Um, I'll tell you one thing: you can't say anymore, though. Uh, the word pay per view. Oh, tell me about this. Um, WWE is doing away with the term pay per view, uh, and now they're calling their quote unquote pay per views. Premium live events. <laughs> Premium live events. Premium live events. They're not just regular premium live events. Premium live events. They're, they're the premium live events. Premium live events. So now, this they teased it a little bit at day one. Premium they went back live. and forth with the term pay-per-view and premium live event. That's hilarious. But now they're just addressing the Royal Rumble as a premium live event going mm. forward. With every other pay-per-view. A premium live event. That's nice. Um, I mean, they can call it a premium live event. Nobody but we're else, still going to call it a pay-per-view. Nobody else can. I mean, we yeah. can call them premium live events because we the, the premium we have to play is Peacock. We pay yeah. that premium Peacock money and we get to see it. Um, yeah, and, and it still doesn't work. For everyone so, else, for everyone so else maybe- it's, it's still a pay-per-view. ROH and GCW and Impact are all still doing pay-per-views because we have to pay to view them. But the the money that we have to give to Peacock is just cable. So I guess it is a premium live event. And it's still paying forty fifty dollars to view it. Yeah. Well, it works when it wants to. I still go back and watch Peacock. I think it depends on like it's spotty though. I will tell you that. Yes. They were better off with the network. They were better off with the network. I I still not I can't say that I was gonna say I still don't understand why they went to Peacock but money so yeah you know and and who knows you know so, so somebody might be selling soon but we don't know we don't know we don't know. we don't know I know none of these things yeah um, um, what else is happening at the Rumble we have another celebrity appearance as well and this comes in the form of Johnny Knoxville. I'll be honest, I don't mind Knoxville coming back for a couple of reasons. One, he's been in the ring before. He, he He's done stuff with Jackass where he's come back. He had his little thing with the great Kali. He, he was the general manager of Brawl for an episode. He's been in the ring before, so he kind of knows what he's getting into. Number two, he's a fan of the business. Otherwise, why would he keep coming back? He doesn't seem like a celebrity who's just coming here to just because he's getting paid to come here. You know, you, you've seen celebrities come in as like the raw anonymous raw GM or the celebrity GM. And they look like they have no 
earthly idea what they're doing. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of some examples. Uh, Joe Maganello being one. Um, Larry King. Like, there's just people that are like, what the hell? They don't even know what they're doing. Snooky. Sno- yeah, yeah. You know, let's not talk about that train wreck. Um, yeah, Snooky being another one. They've just had people that, you know, come back or come in for money pretty much is what it feels like. And Knoxville doesn't really seem like that. He seems like he's actually having fun. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's going all out with it. He's using his social media. He's He hasn't even really been promoting his movie, even though that's why he's here. Yeah. And, and we know that's why he's here. But he hasn't even really been promoting it. He, he's, he genuinely seems like he's just here to have fun and be a wrestler. Yeah. And considering what Bad Bunny did last year, if if Knoxville comes in with even half of that mentality, I'll be okay with it. I have a question. Go ahead. Um, I might have an answer. Because New Year, New Me, I don't know anything. Um, why is WWE making the Royal Rumble important again? For Why are they like making it? A string of two to three years, it was very uneventful. Very unimportant. They got your hopes up to deliver the same people you would already seen time yes. and time again. Why are we including certain people from different places, celebrities, and doing slow reveals of everyone in the Rumble? Why are we making the Royal Rumble important again? This is not a coincidence. Something is going on. I also kind of feel like part of it is they're trying to make it important. But part of it is also, in my opinion, they still don't have it all together. I think they're still piecing some of this together as they're going along. Like they might have an idea, but they still have to piece it together because that idea won't come to 100% fruition. Well, let me give a leg up to the competition here. Um, if you if you want to, if you don't have it all together, I would make some calls before you Quite figure a that out. Um, it is the Royal Rumble. It is the only time of the year where it's okay to drag people from any and everywhere to come on the show for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the only year of the show it is acceptable to bring an old guy back that we don't really want here <laughs> for, for like a day for an appearance. Uh, or you can bring, bring an old guy back that we actually want. Or bring an old guy back that we actually want. Give a moment to somebody only the fans are going to love that you totally hate, but you only got to see him for a day. Bring him back. Like, this is the now time that? for that. So, so, so if we're going to do, cool. if we're going to do that, if we're going to make wrestling like that again and make the Royal Rumble um, melt our hearts like it used to, mm-hmm. um, then I think Knoxville is a good start. I think call some other people that just kind of do this every now and then. Call Stephen Amell. Call uh, somebody from Impact. I don't know who. Uh, I have a great guess for who you should probably use, but I won't say his name, Matt mm-hmm. Cordona. Um, I don't even think, I don't think he comes back. 
I think he I think he don't I think he doesn't come back out of spite. You think he turns it down? I think he turns it down. I mean, I think there's somebody. I, I think there's other people who have been there before that might come back. Let me. Well, see. you know, you know, there's a Canadian that would probably do it again, just because. Yeah, yeah, that that Canadian might, but just to, is, just is to he, see an old friend again. Is he technically on the impact contract right now? Ooh, that would have serious implications, but that's good for business. Make but people there, guess. There, Make people there wonder is, what's going on, man. There is rumors of the company that he's with and this company now talking, communicating. It's possible. I don't know. I it, don't, it could be I'm possible. I'm just saying. Like I said earlier, we're there. we're in the multiverse of madness right now. Hell, hell have have uh, uh, Jonathan Grisham come in for for like. An, a Royal Rumble appearance. Ooh, you could do that. Just do a little bit of a run because you, you definitely, definitely don't have to sign him because he's yeah. ROH world champion. So it makes perfect sense that he can be here this day and gone the next. And if the you're acknowledging and if you're acknowledging Mickey James as Impact Knockouts champion, you can acknowledge Grisham as the ROH champion, especially yep. since ROH is uh on hiatus right now i didn't want to exactly. say out of business. they're on hiatus exactly and the guy already said the guy who owns it already said they have free reign they can do whatever they want until we come back mm-hmm. why else would they leave the title their and title grisham. on grisham yep so bringing grisham in would definitely be a great Bring idea grisham show off the roh title go mm-hmm. in there have a good 10 minutes get tossed out as long as it's a respectful time. I don't think anybody. Oh, I was going to say, honestly, I would, I would keep Grisham in there for quite a minute, like quite a few I would minutes. too, but I, I mean, I don't care. As long Just as he gets that's about normally 10 what minutes. They do. Just because that's normally I would keep him in there for a good amount of time. Yeah, I'd keep him in there for a good amount, just because of the thought of it. Like, what if the Arrowhead champion fights? Blah, 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 blah. Get him there until like the last 10, the last 10 people. Yeah, I, I would take them say, all the way to last four if I was booking it, but last ten mm-hmm. at least. I was gonna say because that's normally what they've done the last couple years. Because remember when Edge came back from his injury? Yeah, that's what happened with Edge. Everybody was surprised to see Edge. Edge made it to like the final final four, mm-hmm. and then they did it with Christian too. Christian made it all the way to the final whatever, and then when AJ debuted, AJ came in at like number three. And made it all the way towards, I think, like the final six or final eight. Mm. So it could work. You guys, you could do that. And you know what? Shit, just for just for shits and giggles, man. Um, if you're doing strictly impact or just like impact and someone that's not AEW, um, two people I would put in there, I would put uh I would put in Moose if you're gonna do Mickey James. Mm-hmm. Because Moose been talking a lot of shit, and I would do um, I throw somebody from New Japan in there. I I Will Osprey's in the states, even though Osprey's openly been like I'm not going anywhere else. Even if you don't do Osprey, do like uh, do Abushi. You've worked with Abushi before. Throw Coda in there for an appearance. Have him work next to Shinsuke, and then give Shinsuke a look down, and then. 
through some form of combat, Shinsuke knocks him out of the ring and Ibushi's eliminated. Just for a little New Japan rub, you know what I mean? If, if we're going to do a New Japan rub and we're going to do somebody who's been in the States with Impact, I have a question. Are we putting AJ in the Rumble? I'm, I'm, I'm sure AJ has to be in the Rumble. Are we putting Finn in the Rumble? I would be sure that Finn is in the Rumble. Well, that's two former uh, Bullet Club members. I'm pretty sure that we have a leader of Bullet Club that's been popping in and out of the States for impact. I mean, if you, if you want to get an interesting moment, Let's not like let's let's not forget about Jay White. And we we haven't been the greatest Jay White supporters since the beginning. Like we've been on and off him. But that's a moment. That's a moment. That's a hell of you've a al- moment. You've already had the Finn and AJ thing. That's let's a have hell it of again. But let's bring Jay White in too, because then you have three different eras of Bullet Club in your ring that you've never had before. You've had two different eras in the ring at once. You've never had three. And be 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 sure that um if Big E somehow ends up in the Royal Rumble, which I think he will because Bobby's fighting Le- uh Bobby's fighting Lesnar at Royal Rumble. Yeah. If the New Day are in there and then you got AJ and Finn and then Switchblade comes in, Ooh. they could be about to fight and then they see New Day and then you have a bullet. We can fantasy book this shit all day. Yeah. Because honestly, like if, if we wanted to and we were just taking a couple of people, I would throw Trey Miguel in there and then have uh, MSK be like surprise entrance in the Rumble just to have that ra- that rascals moment. Um <coughs> Yeah, you could have one come in at like eight, and the other one coming at like eleven, mm. and then just bring Trey McGellan at twelve. Yeah, have them have them like about to about to fight the New Day. I would use New Day all day in this. I would, yeah. I would have yeah, New you, Day knocking New everybody day. out. I would use have New MSK. Day to your advantage. Yeah, I would have MSK um, on like two different sides of the ring across from each other. New Day over here, and it' about to be MSK versus New Day. And then the countdown hits, and it's Trey Miguel, and it's Rascals versus New Day. After you know, we can fantasy book this shit all day. Yeah, I'm saying if you're gonna make the Rumble important, you know, pull from everywhere. Pull from Mm -hmm. every because who cares if you're just trying to make it? If you're trying to restore it back to what it used to be, which was a spot of time of the year where anybody from anywhere could show up at any time. Then go full throttle, man. If you're gonna go Knoxville and pull from Impact, pull do the damn thing. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So the last thing I want to talk about is really it's two things, but I kind of have a theory on on why they're doing this. So at the day one pay per view was supposed to be Roman versus uh, Brock Lesnar. Roman caught COVID, quote unquote. We don't know. I don't know if it was real or not because normally you're supposed to quarantine for two weeks. Roman was out for a week. Um, so they switched it and they put Brock in the fatal four way and made it a fatal five way. Yes. And Brock ends up winning, becoming the WWE champion. So that then moves Brock over to Raw. And in turn, you have to send somebody over to SmackDown. 
So Brock finds his opponent for the Rumble, which is Bobby Lashley, a dream match. Mm-hmm. And then Roman finds his opponent, acquired from Raw, Seth Rollins. Um, I think this is where Roman might lose the title. Just because we couldn't get, we didn't get Brock versus Roman at day one. And we're going to get it at WrestleMania. Is that the end game to this? Roman I think versus that, Brock? I, I, I think that's what it is just because I don't, I don't know if we're getting the rock back. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get the rock back for the rumble. I mean, if we get the rock back for, at the rumble, then. Maybe yeah, all this is retconned, and it's just going to be rock and roll. But I think that's what's going to happen. I think Seth has brought over to take the title off of Roman, so Roman can somehow either a win the Rumble and or get thrown into the Rumble, win it, and then challenge Brock at Mania, or Seth just takes the title off of Roman, and whoever wins the Rumble pick Seth, and then Roman just goes to fight Brock at Mania. I think you're right. In retrospect, the way they've been building this, it has but to I, end with Brock and Roman again, right? Brock and Roman. Yeah. But, but I'm st- Paul Heyman or whatever. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, and for that reason alone, I think that's why we're not going to get The Rock versus Roman Reigns, even though we would probably like that one a little bit more. Yeah, they've been milking this Paul Heyman thing all year, so. Yeah, so I'm 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 thinking Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns is going to be the end game of all this. Yeah, I don't know then. I don't know what happens. What I do know is they're missing out. Well, they're pulling the trigger on a match that should be a WrestleMania main event anyway. Because mm-hmm. Bob the potential of Bobby versus Brock could have been milked for months yes and they're pulling the trigger on it in a month i mean we still get to see it and they're taking the royal rumble seriously so i'm not i'm i'm gonna assume they're gonna give them avid time to do this right so there's not a lot of room to complain because we're getting the match we thought we'd never get Mm -hmm. um it is saddening to realize that the end game of this is Brock versus Roman again for Paul Heyman, but for what feels like the fifth WrestleMania. Yeah, like they do it so many times. I'm sick of the trope of you know. It's like he's like Taker now, but the opposite. Like because even he shows up every year for somebody to beat him. It's like it's like Goldberg. Like when you repeated stuff with Taker, we enjoyed it. Even when you like you did the Shawn Michaels thing twice, you did the yeah. Triple H thing. Technically, you did the Shawn and Triple H thing. I want to say three times. Mm-hmm. You did it once back to back, and then you just had the one match, like in the very beginning of the Taker run. Yeah. So I mean, even when you repeated stuff with Taker, we didn't get bored by it. No. no. And it was once a year. And it was like mm-hmm. within the three months from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but Brock is Brock is different because Brock will be there all year for the payoff beating him at WrestleMania. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's the total opposite of the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, I think instead he's of, only instead of Taker disappearing for the entire year, Brock shows up whenever he feels like during the year and just runs everything until Mania when he's beat and then leaves again. Uh, yeah, because I th- I think he's only had like maybe a couple, um, a couple manias where he's come out on top. Yeah, like I know he did when he fought Kurt. Um, he lost to Goldberg. He beat Taker. I'm trying to think, he lost to Roman at one of them, right? He lost to Roman. He lost to Seth. He lost to Seth. He lost to Roman. He lost and to Drew. Braun. He lost to Drew. Yeah, so I mean, Brock just always, he's got a couple wins, but it feels like he's got a majority of losses. Yeah. Mm. And I kind of figured, I kind of figured Roman would win at the Rumble, or not Rumble, I kind of figured Roman would win at uh, Mania anyway. Yeah. Just because I, it's it's still looking like Paul. Yeah. But that, and it's still looking like Paul's with Roman. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they're trying Paul's, to repeat that. Paul Paul was hurt and he went back to his ex, but he still loves. He knows who his real love is, mm-hmm. and he's over the abuse. Even and, though he's getting abused again. Even though he's getting abused again. Um, you know, sometimes you just go back to that that bad guy that you thought you were over because, the one you thought things would work out with didn't work out. And you just never thought they would cross paths again. And, you know, here we are. Here we are. In this I mean, love Paul, triangle. Um, Paul, just, Paul just wants to be loved. And here he is you know, in the middle of an abusive relationship. And, like, in, in between a physically abusive relationship and a verbally abusive relationship. It's just and sad. It's matter just of fact, it, it, it might just be a verbally abusive relationship and a verbally condescending relationship. Mm. Mm-hmm. He feels like he wasn't appreciated with the guy he was with last time, and he and know. then he goes he goes back to the one who verbally abused him, and because they and now he's like, because the guy <laughs> hit him, and then you know this is, this is like the biggest soap opera. But you know he cares because when they when they get into it, he's like you know don't talk to him like that. You know what I mean? Like there's there's still a lot of love there, and he's just got to figure that out. He's just got to. Like I might, I might have broke it off for you, but I'm still not gonna let no one talk to you that way. It's just weird. It's just weird, man. And then they'll just come back and love each other like nothing ever happened, right? Because you know, Every, you know, because everyone the true love is happy over there. Ending. But you know, this is the guy that always comes to my defense. So you know, eh. rocking a hard uh, place. Or <laughs> uh, find where well, he belongs in his heart. We're, we're, we're turning WrestleMania into a soap opera. <laughs> this is the only love story we've cared about for long. <laughs> I don't know how many years. Man, this, 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 is, this, is a, this is a better love story than WandaVision. <laughs> this, is, this is a good one. They don't do love triangles great on WWE anymore, but this one here, this is really it. This one's, this one's got something to it. Oh, man. This is so sad. <laughs> but uh no, nah, but that's our uh that's our weekly rundown right there. Uh we're gonna jump into these shout outs real quick. Oh yeah, man. 
All right, let's jump into these shout outs real quick. So with that being said, aside, uh, soap operas aside, who are we uh, Who are we having do these shout outs first? Is it me or is it you? You can go first. All right, I'll go first. Um, as always, I'm going to shout out our usual usual uh, supporters, Dita Toy Hunter, Fetz Frequency, uh, Joey Reckless, Fritzy, uh, AJ the Collecting Legend, you got the wrestling fan. Uh, and I'm going to shout out some new people. We got the Wrestling Wiz, Top of the Cage Podcast, uh, indie wrestler Brian Anderson, who just recently followed us on IG. Another indie wrestler who followed us on IG, Chris Recall, uh, the Wrestling Takeover Podcast, the All About Wrestling Podcast, Bobby Rassel, shout out to you. And we're going to shout out the Funko Friends Podcast, who I will, I will be appearing on their show on YouTube this Saturday. So if you want to check that out, you can go over to YouTube and go search them up because I'll be on there Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but those are my shout outs for this week. That's what I got. Stevie Jobber, we're going to shoot it right over to you. Oh, man. Okay. Um, new year, but I am starting the same shout outs. Um, shout out to Doghouse Gaming, uh, first and foremost, for all your retro gaming needs. Uh, follow them on Facebook, they are very responsive. Um, they hold new income for you. They just had a PS5 come and go. Um, they make posts on the time on the new inventory. Uh, just great people, great environment, great games. Go follow uh, Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs from Twitter. Uh, let's go with the Ring Fanatics. Uh, just in time uh, has been really good with us lately. Um, shout out to Global Syndicate Wrestling. Shout out to uh, Nickel City Wrestling, um, AAW Pro Wrestling, and let's do one more. Let's do Good Cop, Bad Cop, and that 90s wrestling podcast. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And that'll be my uh, Twitter shout outs for the week. Well, guys, this was the first episode, the first official episode of 2021. Stevie Jobber, how you feeling after that, man? feeling good man i feel like we got a long year ahead of us uh with some ups hopefully more ups than downs mm-hmm. um it's back to be it's good to be back at it and uh, definitely we got a lot in store yeah that we do guys you know how to interact with us man we're on spotify we're on anchor apple music you can get at us on facebook on our website the dangerous jobbers website.com on our IG, on our YouTube, our Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, Shoot us a comment, shoot us a message on anything you want to hear us talk about and discuss, and we'll definitely wind up having it on here at some point. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, and as always, stay up, stay blessed, and stay dangerous. dangerous.